Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Project Sovereign podcast. Today I'm with Matt Presty again. Matt, uh, come on, around 12 months ago now, maybe even more, I think. Uh, he's a, a meta-scientist, musician, patriot, philosopher, poet, practitioner of universal law, natural science, and living philosophy, and a few other things, I think, as well, Matt. Uh, but those are what I got from your website. I hope that did you justice. Uh, Matt, I'd like to start by by talking uh, about some of the goings on in the world today, uh, right now, what's happening across the globe, it seems. Since we last spoke, the US has uh, it's gone through an interesting time over here in the UK with the election, which is quite entertaining, uh, you know, got seeing what, what's happened over there. And, and consequently, the, the seeming... Uh, upheaval that's going on at the moment. It seems like it's in a state of decay. Uh, I don't know whether that's the Western civilization or or the US. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I mean, talk to me. What's happening out there? I think it's a mere image of just the insanity occurring around the planet. I'm really high on Jiddu Krishnamurti's quote. Um, it is no sign of good health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. So if you're troubled by what you're seeing, then that means you're one of the healthy ones. And uh, I just say, keep going, you know, anxiety, things of, you know, concern your, your natural tendency to be um, very concerned about the rest of the world, how people are just blindly following orders like lemmings marching off the cliff. That's a sign that you're healthy. So count yourself in the, in the group of, fighters if you're finding it very hard to accept and acquiesce to insanity and uh, just hold your center because that's going to be what gets people through this is is keeping the light holding the light expressing it and light truly is balance from the the centralized perspective you know be the fulcrum in times of chaos and you're going to make it through mm. Mm. what's it like in the u.s in terms of the uh civil unrest there now is it is there much like um, protests going on and because obviously the, the US election as well was a big um, wake up call for a lot of people particularly you know there's a lot of folks saying that uh, it was a fiddle you know the, the election was a fiddle what's your opinion on all of that? Yeah the election was rigged there's absolutely no doubt rigged to the core everybody knows it even people who deny it know it uh, it's just easier for some people to stick their head in a hole like an ostrich and ignore reality but literally the discontent among, you know, people who are law-abiding citizens is growing. And unfortunately, what, what starts communism off and running is, you know, its ranks are filled with the discontented. But when you've got a separate and equal discontent for, you know, that kind of a rise up, then you're going to have a clash eventually. So one, one, one friend, veteran friend likes to put it, he goes, uh, the families in the United States are getting right. We're getting ready to have a little family feud here, mm. you know, as they put it. So it's, it's probably not beyond long before uh, something sets off a chain reaction, but, you know, I just put up a quote today. Um, you can only beat evil by being more evil than the evil is, you know, and when, when the time comes, I guess we're all going to know it. It'll be that first shot that's heard around the world. I would hope that we don't have to go to that point, but a lot of my friends, men and otherwise, who I consider men, and there aren't a lot of them, but they're just beyond the point of no return. Mm. They're ready. I mean, they're, they're sick and tired of this, you know, and um, there's so much corruption, so much chaos, and it's really, uh, is there a lot of protesting in the United States? I'm not seeing a whole lot, but I am seeing some things that are positive signs, like in Arizona with the recounts and things of that nature. Mm. I mean, this, this election was stolen. It's mathematically impossible. There's all kinds of evidence and whether the media pays attention to it or not. I was around when 9-11 happened and three months after that occurred, I started reading and investigating. I didn't sleep for three days when I started watching videos of Building 7. And I knew then that the media is full of shit. They lie constantly through their teeth. You know, so I've been well aware of the media and their, their manipulation since 2001. But, um, you know, it, it's nothing's changed. So, again, when I saw the, the, um, the whole response to COVID, I knew that was just but one, one, one other 
psychological operation taking place and the long list of operations. So my hope is to see more and more people become aware of the, you know, we're in incredible times. And if we don't start waking up en masse and resisting this, uh, we're going to continue to see more and more people affected by it in terms of their health, their psychological health, and their, you know, physical, mental, and spiritual health, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've written an article last June, I think you updated it uh, this year, um, called The Cultural Revolution. Um, and it talks a lot about communism in there and the the seemingly rhyming pattern of what's happening right now in across Western civilization. Can you talk a bit more about that, like some of the, the rhyming patterns that we're seeing right now? Well, yeah, I mean, the youth are mobilized. Those are the youth brigades. Uh, you're seeing the indoctrination to hate tradition, to hate anything historical being torn down before our eyes. I was just driving through Charlottesville yesterday. There's this huge pedestal of a person from the Confederate, you know, but it was somebody who helped to free slaves and it was taken down, I guess, because he's white. I don't really know the, the justification behind it, but when you tear down history, you're tearing down statues, you're tearing down history, you're tearing down people's ability to understand how they arrived at the present state. You know, and that's typically what you see in communist countries. They remove historical facts, figures. Um, they attack the nation's identity. They attack the tra traditions in the nation. And these are all things that you can line up going back on a timeline through every epoch where communism took over a country, the effects of communism are always the same. The tactics are always the same. And as a pattern recognitionist, which I consider myself to be pretty good at, as a musician, patterns are what we do. We repeat patterns in, in tones and chords and things of that nature. So it's easy to pick patterns out when you get used to noticing patterns, both in yourself and otherwise, that lead to disintegration. Call it your shadow you know, we have a shadow in, uh, in overall society, as well as in ourselves, you know, the uh, Mittvelt, uh, Eigenvelt, and Umvelt, mm -hmm. you know, as such as said in, uh, in the Jungian tradition. But yeah, ultimately, if we're going to make it out of this, we have to become aware of these patterns, make sure we're not propagating them in our own lives, you know, fix the inside before you can fix the outside. You have no business telling the world what's wrong with it if you have everything wrong in yourself so what what happens internally is just a reflection of the external and vice versa so make sure you clean your your mirror first and then you're going to be a lot more helpful to helping society clean its mirror yeah you wrote in that article that uh because of chinese communism that the humanitarian crisis uh famine was between you know, 23 to 55 million people, massacres, cannibalism, violent deaths, uh, cripplings, forced relocation. Do you think it could get that bad? Or is that like something to, to you know, not saying you're putting fear in people's minds, but to give it a sense of context to how bad things could get? Well, if we look at how many people have died from redemzevir poisoning and renal failure to redemzevir, uh, what are we at? 600,000 people and 38% of them died from uh, renal failure. Mm. So there's doctors executing hundreds of thousands of people in ICUs. I mean, is it possible? If that can happen, certainly I'd say so. And uh, how many more people have to die by getting these poisoned injections and and uh, Project Veritas just dropped the huge bombshell last night. And if that isn't proof in the pudding, doctors know this stuff's happening, yet they're turning a blind eye to it because they'd rather get their, their money, their salary than do what's right. And that's happened over and over in history. People don't have the balls or the true spirit to stand up to evil. So they acquiesce they play their role in it and they end up killing millions of people in the process because they're cowards. And it's not the time to be a coward people. Now is the time to stand up. The line in the sand has been drawn and it's beyond time. Uh, the, 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 the getting going along to get along. It's, it's, it's no longer acceptable. I mean, and that has to be 
on the forefront of people's conscience. And if you ignore your conscience and you're still a small voice, you're killing it. You know, I did a, a, a diatribe and a, and a dissertation on this whole COVID thing back in March and April last year. It was called Death at Freedom's Door, part one and two, where I questioned, you know, is this the kind of world we want to live in? Again, it harkens back to my experience with 9-11 and how the media manipulated everybody through the televisions. They've been doing it for over 100 years with magazines, periodicals. William Randolph Hearst introduced yellow journalism. So it's nothing new. You know, mind control is as old as time itself. But the question is, with all the facts that are coming out, you're seeing more and more doctors coming out. You know, the, this pattern is being exposed for yet another pattern. It's what leads to things like communism on full scale, uh, national takeovers and things of that nature. And I've said it before in many podcasts that communism is the model of government the New World Order wants to use worldwide because it's so effective at quelling populations, crushing individuality, and destroying uh, true freedom of expression. Mm. You know, and if, if we don't have those basic individual liberties and rights and protect them at all costs, then we don't deserve them, really. So mm. is it possible that 100 million people could be put to death? Well, I'd say with what we've seen already in the past 18 months, it could be quite a lot more than that this time. And, you know, there are forces at work in this world uh, trying to do maximum damage to humanity with the climate fraud and the, you know, the population reduction measures taking place. But again, our weapon is strength in numbers. If we can become aware, more and more people become aware, they're really pushing back in Australia. They're pushing back in, in France. A lot of places are pushing back and that's really great to see, but it would be nice to see it more in the United States. We are in many different ways, like uh, parent teacher organizations and school board meetings. So there is some pushback, but it needs to become exponential in order to truly become effective. I look at the people here in the UK and obviously we, we've all got our biases and we've all got our, our circles on social media where people think similar ways, like, you know, birds of a feather flock together, that type of uh, dynamic. Um, but I don't see here in the UK in particular enough people willing to, to stand and die on their sword. Uh, I see very weak uh, men in particular. They have no courage. There's no power there. Um, and as you say, with the doctors there, they'd rather, they'd rather be paid in, in fiat, worthless currency, rather than, than stand up and be counted for the good of the human race. Uh, I've got to admit, at this point, in my opinion, I'm quite pessimistic uh, I don't see here in the UK, as, as I say, what I see around me, there's not enough people willing to stand up and be counted for, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what I perceive needs to happen in order to get us out of this mess. Because civilizations, uh, that you, you mentioned patterns there, civilizations do rise and fall. And it makes me question, is this a natural evolution of consciousness that the West is, is, on its downward spiral. Would you, would you consider that to be something that is a potential or do you think it's just because of the, um, the downright um, laziness of, of, of the Western man? Well, it's probably a, a plethora of things. You know, you have uh, your model of civilization rising and, and falling. Uh, Walter and Leo Russell pointed out in their works that 29 civilizations of man have risen and fallen pretty much due to the same thing that, you know, the apathetic sets in and it disintegrates. But they blamed it more on man's inability to know of the law of balance, which if you look at nature, nature does not rise and fall. It doesn't collapse like man's civilization. And why is that? Because it has continuity and balance between its pairs of opposites. And uh, certainly we, we don't have balance in pairs of opposites when we don't even have children who can identify as the sex that they truly are. Mm. You know, that's psychological manipulation. Talk about divide and conquer. When you divide a child from their own sex at five years old and start giving them hormonal boosters, I mean, that's, that's child abuse on a level that's beyond the pale. Yeah. And anybody that defends it is insane. Again, I go back to that quote by Krishnamurti. If, if you can't accept insanity, 
in order to be normal with the rest of the so-called normal people, then you're healthy and you're well, and you should stay on that path. But resistance to tyranny is, is, is truly the foundation of liberty. And you're going to have a lot of things in different countries where potentials will, will take place for greater organization, for greater resistance measures. So, I mean, I wouldn't count the UK out altogether. It's just going to take a few events that'll set things off, that'll make people angry enough to where they're, they're ready to confront things on, on, on a more involved level. And I'm hoping too, I'm hopeful too, that the, the spirit of humanity will rise because it's, you know, it's got the power to do so. We can affect great change. Necessity is the mother father of all invention. And uh, if things continue to go in a certain direction, it's just going to only solidify the resistance. Because remember, as much as the fist likes to squeeze, if we're the clay, we just keep coming out of the fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always, always the pendulum swinging back in the other direction. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been collapses of civilization. Sumeria would still be in charge of everything. Mm. You know, priesthoods rise and fall, kings and queens come and go, uh, civilization after civilization and its leaders, in my opinion, sort of engineer collapses in many of the cases of civilization going down, it's engineered mm. as opposed to just something natural. But you could say that apathy lets evil take over. And so when, when hearts and minds grow apathetic and they don't really hold the freedoms and liberties to be a high priority, then we can see that evil moves in and lesser men take the reins from uh, people that should otherwise be at the forefront. So, you know, this can all be a wake up call to a, to a rebirth. And, I'm, and we're going through a birthing process, whether we want to or not, something new is going to emerge. And right now it's, it's, it's anybody's guess as to which one it's going to be, but I'm hopeful that light over always overcomes darkness in terms of evil is an unbalance, good is a balance. And so balance always has more power. There's the power is always in the fulcrum, not in what's moving. So as long as we can move forward uh, with balance and holding that light, we're going to, we're going to triumph in the end, no matter how many casualties we endure. Yeah. And you spoke there about Walter and Lau Russell. Uh, you were the, uh, was it the president of the, the foundation for a number of years? Yeah, the University of Science and Philosophy. Um, I recently left in August of uh, 2021 and uh, went on into a new position as CEO of a startup company. But uh, yeah, yeah, just did some really great work there. You know, I'll always promote their teachings as being something that is on a philosophical level, all its own. It's a living philosophy. It really gives you, you know, a cult proof sense of your own identity, your own soul and your own connection to the divine within you. Call that God, call it spirit, the, um, the one, whatever, whatever term you wish to use. It's, it's a great philosophy because it's really for myself personally, helped me to unfold the traits of my own inner genius. And um, it was basically a course in genius and learning uh, how to kick ass and take names in life, more or less, uh, achieving your goals, uh, living your dreams, using desire correctly. And I would recommend to anybody who wants a course for 250 bucks to learn how to do that, I recommend their home study course, which is the flagship curriculum of the university. And you can find that at philosophy.org forward slash store. And uh, it's definitely something to have in the library. Mm. Um, you can spend $100,000 at university, but the majority of our students come from universities and they say, you know, this is what we were hoping to learn when we went to university and why we signed up, but they don't teach that at university. So we had to find your university to uh, finish our education. So. A lot of very intelligent people have have read these teachings, and the Russells are just one of many messages out there, but the difference, I would say, is that Dr. Russell has 40 tons of art and sculpture on display in the museum to prove that his was actually effective, mm-hmm. where others have a book or a course, and that's it, you know, so ultimately, the pudding is the proof that one needs to see that 
certain philosophies work much better than than others. Yeah, I uh, I heard you speak to uh, Michael Tazarian and, and David White at it a few years ago. Now that's where I first come across you, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd read Walter Russell's uh, one of his, but The Secret of Light. I think I read first before I listened to that uh, conversation, mm-hmm. and then um, I read a few of his courses, and I think I downloaded a, a meditation. Uh, only on online somewhere. I don't think it was free anyway. Um, I think I've got one of his books up there, actually, the Universal One. So right. you know, I keep his stuff very close to hand. You know, I just go in right. there when I need to go in there. Um, but when I was studying, um, you know, it's a bit of a, a craze now: quantum physics and quantum dynamics and all this. A lot of that didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to the my human mind, which I know has limitations, but when I read Walter Russell's work, uh, there was no friction to what I was, it was more like, it was like uh, infiltrating me rather than me trying to fit the boxes that I've created for myself. Right. Right. So I don't know whether, whether you've experienced that or whatever, but, but uh, I was blown away by the level of um, like intuitive wisdom that was coming out. It's pretty ineffable. I can't really word it while it was being said, but I've got far more, from the Russell's work than I have from trying to study quantum dynamics or right. whatever else they come out with, you know? Yeah. And a new concept of the universe, Dr. Russell states that the quantum, the whole idea of it is a travesty to nature, you know, and what, what Walter did was show quantum physics is like putting a wig on nature and spraying perfume all over it what what he did is tore the damn wig off and goes nature doesn't need your wig okay it doesn't need to be dressed up with fluffy uh presentations and perfumes and dyes and lipstick and it's like putting nature into a drag outfit okay it's a false view of reality dr russell's science i would say and i've studied all the quantum stuff i've looked into all that michio cuckoo and and, uh, you know, the whole bunch of, you know, t- Tom, Tom, uh, what's his name's big toe theory of everything. You know, Dr. Russell had a, a grand unified theory and it was not a, it's let's, a grand unified concept, number one, not a theory. Mm. And the concept is true because it works with nature. It is a science that actually tells you how nature really and truly works. And it's reflected in the soul. So we have a built-in mechanism to be able to identify truth. Truth is what it is. It doesn't need to be dressed up with a wig or fancy clothes or bells and whistles like our current science. It doesn't require that these guys, you know, truth doesn't need to be paraded around on stage at conferences and TED Talks. And, you know, this, this hero worship is the same thing with Einstein. Why is Einstein's poster plastered in every university science classroom? Why not Nikola Tesla, the guy who actually came up with electricity, uh, AC current that powers every single building in the world today? Why isn't his poster in every science classroom? You know, instead, we get the the nutty professor's picture everywhere, (laughs) you know, and he wrote himself or, or got in a boat and got went out to the middle of a lake, had to be rescued by the fire department because he didn't take paddles with them. I mean, what what is promoted as genius by this uh, less than genius beast of mediocrity driving the world is the same thing that's being promoted as truth within the media itself. I mean, again, the media is sort of the, the mediocre among man are in charge. And that's what I would say is the main reason why we don't have a true science, why we don't have a true form of electrical generation you know, that nature uses, you don't see wires in nature. Why does man need wires strewn all over the sky? You know, because he obviously doesn't understand how nature creates electricity. And that's the beauty of Dr. Russell is that he gave man that knowledge, the real true knowledge of how nature truly and really works. And we live in an electric universe and there's only one force and this is electricity. You can use that force to do great evil, or you can use it to do good. It's your choice, and that's the beauty of free will. That's why there is no evil in nature, because nature does not have free will. It operates on what Dr. Russell would call God control, which is instinct control. 
it doesn't it isn't afforded the right to choose so therefore it doesn't rise and fall or collapse whereas man is the vehicle that's been given the divine right of free will and so there god loved man so much that he gave him the right to commit great evil and even blame it on things that don't exist like devils and demons where you know that's the beauty of the practicality of the the message of the russells is that they blame man they don't need supernatural excuses that can't be prosecuted, tried, convicted, arrested, or executed in a court of law. They blame man himself and his free will for being the cause of evil. And that really hit home to me. That was as practical as it gets. Oh, you mean I don't get to excuse the child molester or excuse the mass murderer as some demon did it from another dimension that we can never stop, never affect, never kill? Mm-hmm. You know, this this puts the impetus solely on man, the responsibility on man to realize that his free will is the cause of all imbalance in his own civilization. And there's only one way to rectify that by understanding and recognizing the imbalances within yourself first, bringing them to balance, and then expressing balance to the world. And, you know, love is a very powerful tool, and it is the most balanced state that one can achieve, but it will not tolerate mediocrity, and it will not tolerate uh, any kind of attack upon it, uh, its, uh, its sovereignty, because, you know, love is also a very uh, defending force when it needs to be. Mm. It will, will take action, you know, mm. and defending the things that you love, like your freedom, and your family is an act of love. Everything in nature has a defense mechanism ordained by the creator. Man is no different. So that's one thing we need to understand that differentiates in a lot of ways the Russell teachings from the New Age. And I'll just end this last segment here with Dr. Russell said in one of his lectures, if you punch a man in his face and he turns around and punches you in yours, that is the law of balance fulfilling itself. What did you think was going to happen? Mm. And that gives another alternative look at karma, I suppose. Indeed. Mm. You uh, Going alongside that, you read uh, in one of your posts, there is no unbalance, evil, sin, nor shame anywhere in nature. Nature is balanced and thus a seeing man derives his morality his power and virtue from its great inspirations. So that just, uh, that goes to supersede what you've just said there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, Matt, uh, you write a lot about knowledge um, in your work. Do you think that there is limitations to human knowledge or do you think it's mind is all encompassing and can know everything? Well, mind is the field, really, the the omnipresent field, and all motion in that field is a division of the white light of mind into pairs of divided light of red and blue spectrum interchangings. So really explaining the temporal universe, no one can beat Russell on that because his explanation and concept includes a fulcrum, which again, fulcrum transcends dualism because it is the missing third strand. You know, all DNA is double helix, but what does it move around? What do all planets uh, move around? A shaft, a pole, and two poles create the shaft upon which the sphere spins. So I know a lot of people out there believe in a flat earth, but uh, ultimately that's something they're going to have to go through on their own to come to uh, the kinds of realizations they need to to understand polarity. But everywhere there's a division in a fulcrum, you, you have a polarity. I mean, the funny thing is even a flat earth has two poles, even though they don't really think about it that way. But it would have to because is there just a top to a flat earth? Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's more of a, a taking man back from a three-dimensional point of view of the universe into a two-dimensional get them back in line point of view a line is an a to b a flat surface right Mm. two-dimensional thinking two-dimensional um ponderings and two-dimensional imaginations 
produce two-dimensional bodies flat works. Okay, I thought we came out of that in the Renaissance when man began to paint and sketch and draw and sculpt in three dimensions. You know, that, that was an age of growing, an age of enlightenment, an age of awakening. And here we are in, the, in this so-called uh, truth movement with people arguing that two-dimensional reality is the reality and three-dimensional reality is somehow illusory. Mm which both truly are, but the fulcrum in the middle is what nobody realizes. That's what science ignores. That's what the new age ignores, you know, and if they understood anything at all about um, real true science and polarity, they would abandon these kinds of uh, ridiculous theories about matter and motion. Mm. So anyways, to get back to, uh, to, to the point more, I'd say that, uh, if we're going to solve the problems, we, we need to think not linearly. We need to forward think more in a way that's, uh, call it spiral, three-dimensional. Uh, we need to in invoke more of a three-dimensional hermeticist hermeticistic approach. Um, truly, alchemy is not best to stay at the circle and the square but as Dr. Russell did, bring it into three dimensions, the sphere and the cube, mm. you know, and that's, that's going to be that kind of forward thinking that is going to get us out of the mess we're in. And if we're going to truly transcend this, we need to have the kind of, of heart that it takes, you know, and be more closely um, aligned with a true science, you know, of, of man, which really explains his mind, his purpose, how to use the power that is our desire toward the greater good. And, and we will see uh, the effects of that come to pass with the correct use of that mind power within us. Mm. And I think uh, over the last, uh, well, recorded history, at least two or 3,000 years that we might remotely know about, uh, we've had to go through middlemen and uh, in the form of the priest class or to get to what you might call divine or God or universal spirit or whatever. Um, and to me, that has completely demolished what we can consider authenticity, um, integrity, sovereignty. Uh, a quote you made, there's no point, uh, no point I make in this writing, it was a post that you read, should cause you to build frames and scaffolding in your mind. If they have, then I have failed. Tear them all down. Think for yourself or don't think at all. Could you expand on that a bit? Sure. Well, the priesthoods of antiquity have held man back. For, they've been the gatekeepers, holding man back from the discovery of his true source of power, which is within himself. You know, all the divinity in the world is internal. It's, it's internal in everything. And that's why it expresses the beauty that it does. When you see things that express ugliness and, and just terrible effects, you, you call it ugly. You call it truly what it is. And even the, the priesthood, you know, <laughs> the Roman Catholic Church is a continuation of the failed priesthood of Egypt. It's just redisguised itself. They adorn their, their Vatican City with obelisks, and, you know, they, they have all this dressing and fluff and wigs and perfume and lipstick. It's like, yeah, it's like a tranny show again. It's it's just one <laughs> big mock up, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just horse shit, and nothing they can do has any semblance of inspiration in it. I'm not going to say that all priests, you know. There's actually a coalition for canceled priests. If you can imagine that, priests that have been canceled from YouTube and Facebook, and I mean, who the hell would have ever thought we'd see a coalition of canceled priests? But there's some out there that are in the order. You know, they're not all evil. Not every single thing and anything is purely evil. Uh, but I'll just say this, that, yeah, the priesthood has held humanity back from understanding his true divine nature for thousands of years. And they thrive on that. And it's kind of refreshing to know that uh, unvaccinated people who are um, uh, unsoiled are not allowed to go into the Vatican anymore. That means the only people that will be going into the Vatican are the ones that, that don't have any concept of spirituality in the first place. So um, I would just say that uh, 
that's a good thing. You know, they're, they're limiting the numbers of people to uh, only the slaves are going to be allowed to enter into these temples. And their temples are satanic. Their, their ideologies are satanic. Their ancient orders, you know, and the Knights Hospitallers. And you, you mentioned uh, David and Michael. They've got one of the best shows, which I just listened to you on, that's out there on the internet. And it's fantastic on slave.com. Kudos to them for, for continuing on with the mission, you know, and we're all here to do something incredible, I think, and people that have discovered that light within themselves that centers the hemispheres of their divided polarity, you know, can express that light and use their divided body as a means and a vessel to crystallize their thoughts into form, to create bodies that are in the ideas of our own minds and imaginations. You know, and right now we, we sort of need to look at this opportunity, this time as an opportunity. You know, mediocrity sees obstacles, genius sees opportunities. And you can look at this time that we're in as, oh my God, this is a scary time. I don't know what to do. Or you can go, you know, this is an obstacle, but I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to turn on some of the creative faculties that I've denied myself all these years and really get into the game. Let's, let's take part in the play and, and actually have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find that it, it is humorous. It can be, you know, full of laughter and good times. Fighting evil doesn't have to be a negative thing. You know, it can be actually fun in the long run and produce uh, uh, great uh, leaps and strides for humanity overall if more and more people just learn to tune into that spirit that the priesthood has held back the knowledge of for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humor, humor completely shifts context, doesn't it? It's sometimes if something's very serious, you create humor out of it and uh, it completely lightens the mood, lightens the energetic fields that are going on. Yeah, so I completely agree with that. You, you also write and talk a lot about uh, duality. Um, obviously, Walter Russell's work is, is the electromagnetic spectrum and everything. Um, what do... Uh, you also come up with a world word. I've never seen this word before. Correct me if I'm wrong, called triality. Is that correct? Expand on that. What does that mean? Well, say you have uh, two hands, right? You have a dividing center between the hemispheres of your body. Even the gap in your teeth marks the halfway point. You know, every, every, uh, everything in motion has a fulcrum. Our fulcrum is what we don't notice, but meditation, prayer, things of that nature are supposed to take us into that fulcrum to where we develop a sense of awareness of it. So what I like to call the triality is when you get behind your seesaw of thinking and you slow it down to where it becomes still, and then your consciousness gets behind it or turns it vertical 90 degrees, Um, Russell science proves that all motion, the power within all motion is at 90 degrees to the motion itself. And if you look at just the earth spinning around on the still axis of that, that gravity shaft, and he redefines gravity too, to mean stillness, all motion spins around on stillness, all 570 trillion strands of our DNA are spinning around stillness. So what is stillness then? Is that the missing link that, you know, the great gurus from beyond time have talked about that, you know, the spiritual masters have talked about that the great poets, the inspiration of the poets, it's what they're pointing to. Is it the divine thread that we've been searching for, for forever and ever? I would say, yeah, that's, that's the missing link. So triality is more or less being able to get behind this divided universe of duality and command it. You literally command duality to fulfill your desires. And I think that one of the trickiest things about understanding that the power is within is that we, we consider power to be external. You know, we look at the called the powers that be, I call them the powers that never were. They just assume power and they only can get, get their power, their seeming power from people that acquiesce to it. You know, people that give their power away are what powers these people who only thrive on external power. They have no inner power. If they did, they would not be in the positions they're in. They would not need acquiescence of entire populations if they had true power. 
And that's your first sign right there that their entire power structure is illusory. And that's why it, they say the house of cards always collapses. So ultimately, triality is the mind, the omnipresent experience of mind within yourself that you become aware of. And again, I have to harken back to the home study course by the Russells, a $250 course that will change the life of anyone that reads it identifying their own source of power, cutting out all the priesthoods, the gurus, the middlemen, the, the uh, life coaches, everybody could, could benefit from this study. And, you know, it's no more than what you'd spend at a casino for an hour and a half, you know, or, or an expensive dinner. Mm. You don't have to go into debt to buy this course, and nor do you have to pay off a college loan for 50 years to have the knowledge that you really should be getting at a university, which is teaching you the science of your own mind mm -hmm. and how it works. And Dr. Russell is one who demonstrated it. He mastered all the five fine arts with only a fourth grade education. He was awarded 11 doctorates uh, for different uh, fields. And with a fourth grade education, the man was a brilliant example of what his own philosophy that he teaches can do. And that was his purpose in life was to demonstrate to his fellow man, the power that, that he was given to share with the world. And that's what encompasses the teachings. You know, the Pope actually issued a decree against him or threatened to issue a decree against him back in 1928 uh, because he was going to reprint the universal one. So the Pope actually told him if he reprints that they would issue a decree against him, he'd never work again anywhere so what's that tell you i mean some people call even our new president here at the university calls the universal one the holy grail so in a sense the pope was against the holy grail itself kind of funny if you think about it that way mm -hmm. and we've been banned off of amazon so again if, if you support nice uh, dr russell's foundation is work visit philosophy.org click on store and, and buy a book, you know, you're really helping preserve a great man and woman's legacy. Mm. Yeah. I can second that. I can second that. Um, a lot of the work is based on balance, right? You've mentioned it numerous times here. Would you just simply consider uh, like a, a serious unbalance, what we would consider as human beings evil and in balance, like a, an inherent good, well, the effects of evil are pretty obvious today. Um, trying to put a mask on a two-year-old, uh, <laughs> if that is in an unbalance, um, taking shots out of fear with Anthony, Anthony Fauci, whose name comes from abyss, meaning the abyss, and his own mother's crest was a snake eating a child. I mean, people just... they're. Evil has many manifestations, but its effects are always ill-gotten fruit. It's ill. Mm. It makes people sick. It brings death. It's the death worship uh, over the worship of life. You know, people who have good and good expressions means balance. Balance always leads to good. Um, it's hard to see nature in that light when you see a lion take the life of a gazelle. But when you understand the deeper uh, meaning behind how nature never wastes, yeah, how it, yeah. there's no contradictions, you know, that certain things are done for certain reasons that we may or may not understand until we take a long cursory look into the mind behind nature, which is what the creator's thinking is. It's nature is what the creator thinks. And he's also thought man into existence and that's why the greatest religions, the greatest before they're corrupted, the message is always the same. Our purpose is to manifest the creator and those balanced ways and processes, is, which is why nature has continuity. If we knew those ways and processes, the balance that it takes to produce, which is actually a lot easier work to do than it is to, to, to be evil. It, it, you know, it, it's sort of like a, it's a conundrum. It's, it's sort of a uh, reversal that we have to do in our thinking to truly understand that the effects, but it's so obvious if you have effects in your own life that are creating pain and suffering, 
then your cause behind it is unbalanced. And if the cause is unbalanced, the effects damn well going to be unbalanced. So when you void the imbalance of thinking that's creating an effect of imbalance, then that's called basically um, neutralizing the karma or the karmatic effect. You know, the thinking changes, the effects change. So ultimately, you know, understanding the universe's cause and effect is what's going to lead to either balance or unbalance. And free will makes both possible. Yeah, and, and you've also agreed here that evil always sows the seeds of its own destruction, and it always will. Mm-hmm. Evil is the final expression of unbalance, reaping its own whirlwind, which in truth is nature's right to the reaction of one's action. Do not interfere. Yeah. I mean, I'd say some of the best advice that I could give and I've gotten is in times of civilized civilization in collapse, one of the best defensive mechanisms you could you could adopt is to learn to quickly get the hell out of the way. You know, sometimes it's better just to get out of the way, but be there to assist in the rebuild in, in, in picking up, you know, if, uh, if a building's falling, standing underneath, it isn't going to help civilization, you know, and basically where we're at, we're, if you just have any experience with any customer service lately, let's just look at that real quick. Any business customer service for me, the experience I've seen it coming over years I've experienced, but in the past year, it has become chronically poor. (laughs) I mean, I I spend hours sometimes on the phone just to get us, you know, trying to run a business and and I can't get a simple answer as if people have forgotten how to be polite, Mm. you know, and this is all signs of a civilization and collapse. It's signs of stress. People are stressed out to the max. They're being forced by their governments to do things they would rather not do. So, I mean, all this plays a part, but ultimately that's what I mean. Balance is going to be the thing that carries you through you know, and, and again, sometimes taking a position of no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that shot. Even if it means my job, you will still retain your balance, even though the conditions around you are changing. And whenever you make an effort to keep your balance, the universe has to reach one half of the way to keep its end of the bargain. So again, when you create an unbalance and go with an unbalance, the universe will return on balance to you. So that's what that means in terms of nature holds the right to the reaction, which comes from Dr. Russell. Um, You know, you can do whatever you want with your desire. The one electric force is available for all to use in any way they want. But in his divine Iliad, he warned ye who killeth by the sword are free to do so, but by the sword ye killeth with, ye will also be killed. So careful what you put out there because nature's going to bring back the mirror image. Mm. And where do you think all this fits in with the the so-called climate change narrative that's been spouted at the moment? Well, interestingly enough, the, the real, if there is any true cause to climate change, it would be atomic fission and, and using the death half of the wave for electrical generation. You know, funny, the, the climate alarmists are totally quiet about, radiation radioactivity spewing into the ocean you know there's no mention of fukushima and it's hundreds of huge 50,000 gallon water tanks that dot the entire landscape of the fukushima complex in daishi and the fact that they're just pouring water right out into the ocean with cesium in it and every other damn thing you know that's there's no no mention of you know going after the uh as Dr. Russell would call them, the Frankenstein nuclear reactors that dot the world, you know, they're, they're simply concerned more about humans and, and the impact humans make. So if there's any truth to it, they, they would be confronting the, uh, the gargantuan uh, Frankenstein that is nuclear power, but nothing's said about that. You know, again, the, the climate change, I think most of us in this movement are aware that it's a it's more or less another form of mind control using young people mostly and unbalanced people to go out and uh, protest on behalf of the powers that never were to sow division, to lay blame at elders and P 
people that should be the ones teaching the young what to think and how to how to value virtue and, and moral behavior. Instead, we have the the you know usurpation of the individual will for this collective consciousness that is going to teach everything that is virtueless, immoral, and unbalanced to the youth of the world, so that that will be the fruit that is carried and passed on to next generations. In other words, rotten fruit, you know, and again, that's, that's an unfortunate side effect of media manipulation, psychological uh, inferiority, and uh, so-called universities that are turning out uh, human termites, which not the foundations of Western civilization. Mm. Yeah. Do you, as a, as an individual, do you uh, do you think there's like a natural unfoldment of of development, or do you do you see it as um, like a, a flashes of inspiration? Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Like, is there a natural unfoldment of consciousness within the individual, or or do you have to intend for your own evolution? Does that make sense? Depends on where you grow up. I think um, they say the environment has a lot of influence. So it depends too on a lot of uh, whether or not you get that alone time that you need, especially as a child. Um, when we're growing up in inner cities and we have indoctrination all around us in the schools and the, we're told what to think, what to feel, how to look at the world. And those views become like an artifice, an artificial a screen that blocks out the light of the soul. And I think that we go through these cathartic moments in life, somebody is in a car accident, and they have this experience of divinity for just a short moment. Or in some cases, you step off a curb, and for five seconds, you're in this light, and your entire life changes, as happened to H.W. Percival, who wrote Thinking and Destiny, when he stepped off a curb in, in New York City back in the uh, early 1900s. And ultimately, the, we're products of our environment, but I think that there's just so little emphasis on learning from an internal perspective. You know, you asked if is knowledge uh, able to be, can you, can you acquire as much knowledge? Yes, you can, because knowledge doesn't come from books. There's no knowledge in a library. A man, as Mark Twain said, and Thomas Jefferson echoed, could read newspapers all his life and still know absolutely nothing. So where is the knowledge? Where does it come from? Is it in a book or is it something that reflects in the soul itself? And that's sort of what the divine knowledge is represented by is that light bulb over the head. Mm. When you have an idea, you've just downloaded new knowledge that didn't exist. You know, there's no knowledge in the library of how to make an automobile or to invent the radio or to invent an AC generator. There was no knowledge in the library of uh, how to invent a laser. You know, the guy who invented the laser, his federal contract was running out and he was sweating bullets because he was working on it for, I don't know how many years. And he just was at the end of his rope they couldn't get the certain parameter to work. And so he took a walk in nature. He had an aha moment. The light bulb went off that next day or two, he goes back to the lab and, and behold, he fixes suddenly the lasers created. He, he got over the hurdle, but he went into nature to do it. You now, George Washington Carver, another example, brilliant mind would walk for two hours in nature uh, before sun, sunrise every morning. And he would get all these intimations in inspiration flashes of what he was to do that day. And he said the flowers would actually speak to him in language of light itself. So again, I, I always hearken back to what all the great minds who have come before us say that nature is the only teacher, there need be no other. And that's where really the collective field of knowledge contains all knowledge, all knowing is in it. And based on your desire to, to reach into those internal spaces deep within into that field of light, we can pull out knowledge that doesn't exist and bring it to the world, including, you know, necessities such as is said being the mother and father of all invention. We need to be inventive, especially in times like this, 
during a collapse of civilization. It's going to require inventiveness on a scale that we have never needed before. And we better start looking in because looking outward, what has that done? What answers have we gotten from the authorities? Zero. So yeah, the only place left to go to pull out knowledge that is needed. You're not going to find the solution to COVID at the library, but you will find it right here in yourself. And, and that's really, I think, what we need to start mm. seeing more people do is finding those creative remedies for the uh, created problems in the world. Yeah. So Matt, as we wrap this up now, what do you, what would you suggest to people like you wouldn't be listening to a conversation like this if you hadn't already started thinking or, or coming up with your own living philosophy or something, what would you suggest without, you know, putting, putting uh, your own ideas onto people? What would you suggest for people to start uh, thinking and doing in order to, to make their lives more integrous, more wholesome? I'll take a walk in nature folks. Uh, find things that inspire you when you're inspired. Don't turn the TV on. When you're inspired, inspiration is probably that rarest emotion that we can possibly feel. Hold on to that inspiration because that's what leads you to illumination. And inspiration is an illumination. You know, a minor illumination and an inspiration are the same thing. Follow through with it. Stay with it. Mm -hmm. And that inspiration will grow. That light will come. The ideas that you have. We have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Which one are you going to hold? You know, and that's what great creators do. They're able to hold a thought and build a body for that thought. You know, every podcast you've made, Alex, was a thought you held on to. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any podcasts. Now, think there's your difference between mediocrity and the unfoldment of one's genius. Genius holds their ideas and they build bodies for it. I could say we're all geniuses in training, you know, but eventually... When you get to be 60, 70 years old and you have 10,000 podcasts and 100 books written, you're going to look back and go, all those ideas that I held became what I call my body of work. Yeah. And we can all say that when we learn to hold ideas, hold thoughts and build bodies for them. And again, the difference between mediocrity is they hold, they will have these thoughts, but they don't hold them and they don't build bodies for them. Genius, when it's unfolding, it holds the thoughts and builds the bodies. Mm. And it's your, you know, your plethora of work that will eventually bring others to the fold and they'll see that, hey, this guy's creating stuff. It's really good. It's inspiring me. So I want to do what they're doing. And, and you begin to share your inspirations, which can be podcasts, paintings, poems, musical songs, compositions, writings. There's so many ways, meals. Uh, wood carvings, there's, there's millions of art forms, people mm. just find one that you love to do and, and start doing it. And that creative, I want to say relationship with the creator itself is that pairing that is like a good wine and good cheese together, it makes it an, an incredible experience. Mm. And I think Looking around, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they're, they're upset by the lies, the constant lies. But if you don't have, and you, you have to have within your diet of information, time for nature and time for your own mind, mm. you know, don't get too lost in what's going on in the world because the world's going to do what the world does. But remember what Bill Hicks said, he used to watch CNN 20 hours a day. It was just this war, famine, death, disease, AIDS, war, famine, death, disease, AIDS. That's all he saw for 20 hours a day. And then one day he goes to his window and opens it. And all he hears is <laughs> crickets. Right. And he's like, where the fuck is all this shit happening? <laughs> There's no war, death, disease, famine, and AIDS outside my window. I hear the sound of crickets, but yet for 20 hours a day, that's what I thought the world was. So don't forget about nature because nature is truly the, the, the prime mover, the prime actuality expressed in rhythmic balanced interchangings. And it's also the, the proof that, that God is balanced. Mm. And that's where you learn the greatest secrets of the universe. And tell everybody again where you're uh, about what Russell's work, where, what's that organization called? Uh, the University of Science and Philosophy was the 
the baby of the Russells. They poured their hearts and souls into it. Uh, the works of art are in Waynesboro, Virginia, and that's 518 West Main Street. You can find all the information on Dr. Russell and Leo Russell at philosophy.org, philosophy.org. And to find my work, you can visit mattpresti.com. Uh, I have a YouTube channel still, surprisingly, and uh, <laughs> I like to gallivant around on Telegram. That's about the only social media I do It's Telegram. It's about yeah. the best there is, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Matt Presti, thank you very much for joining me again. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Super enjoyable. Keep up the great work, Alex, and keep inspiring legions of people to, uh, you know, get through this time. Thank you, Matt. Right on.